everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. And we've got another good topic today, Dr. Daniels. As you know, it's um, we're in the middle of July now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first of the year, everybody had a New Year's resolution. Yes. And, and if your New Year's resolution, people, is still going strong, I'm more power to you. God bless you. But I know a lot of us have fell off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And part of what I wanted to talk about today was handling discouragement and what lessons in the Bible that we can uh, look towards and that you can point us towards that help us, you know, get past that discouragement of not being able to get to a goal that we've wanted to reach. Right. You know, that's that's a good, good, uh, good, good topic. It's a good thing to look at because I think most people face times in their life when they are discouraged. And most of us don't meet goals because of setbacks. You know, I, I think that um, and if you look at the Bible, there are several instances of individuals that face difficult issues that, you know, that face some things that cause them to feel like um, that, you know, they were being overlooked by God, I guess, you know. I think probably one of the ones that stands out the most, well, a couple of things that stand out, you know, one was was one one of the issues that Paul had, you know. Um, Apparently, Paul had some kind of ailment. Um, Some people say it was related to malaria, and, you know, we don't quite know exactly what the ailment was. Uh, But at any rate, apparently, it, it, it caused Paul um, to have a lot of difficulty in his witnessing the people. And so uh, the, the, the Bible indicates that, and Paul himself says, that whatever that ailment was, he had sought the Lord several times. In fact, his, his conversation with God was, you know, you let me heal other folk, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting other folk through and they're benefiting and they're moving forward. What about me? Why, right. why am I not being cured so I can move forward? Interestingly enough, um, God's answer to Paul was kind of startling uh, because he didn't say, well, okay, I got you covered. He said to Paul that my grace is sufficient for you. You know, (laughs) he said to Paul that, listen, um, the mere fact that I haven't killed you, you ought to be happy about. (laughs) And, And so rather than you complaining about what I have not done for you. What I need you to do is look around and see what I have already done for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the key thing that I would say that people need to consider because it is so easy to look at what's not going right and feel discouraged rather than looking at what is going right and feel encouraged. Right. You know. Yeah. It, it goes, we hear it all the time that, you know, be grateful for what you have mm-hmm. and, and and I always say to people, it's like the devil will steal your joy and always bring it up what you could have had mm-hmm. or what you should have. Right. And yeah. then you miss what you have right now. Absolutely. Or how fast your progress is. You know, so, you know, sometimes we think we're standing still, but we really aren't standing still. And I think right. that was the that was the point that 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 the spirit was getting to Paul is that your assumption is you're standing still because in this one aspect of your life, you have not received the cure that you've been looking for. But what Paul didn't appreciate was it was because of that that he was benefiting in other aspects of his life. And so if God had taken that away from him, 
he wouldn't have got the benefit in other areas. And I think that's a key thing. So, you know, like, for example, let's say if I made a um, my New Year's resolution, let's say, um, is that I was going to learn a foreign language. Just say, for example, mm -hmm. I'm going to learn a foreign language. And I've been, you know, I was gung-ho for the first three months. And now here I am in July and I haven't done anything, you know, since March. Right. right. And so now I'm like, what's the need of even continuing? OK, well, um, oftentimes what people don't think about is, well, wait a minute. But 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 what is what what did I accomplish during the time that I was not studying and how much have I retained now since I didn't study? And my point is, is that there's always a positive side to everything that we're doing. Right. So if I tell myself, because I have missed three months, that I'm not going to keep going, I forget that there's a blessing in the fact that I have an opportunity to keep going. You know, because right. just because you missed three months don't mean it's over with. Right. All that means is I missed three months. But I've learned something in those three months, hopefully. And if I haven't, this is the time for me to educate myself and say, well, what did I learn about me in the three months that I didn't do it? Why didn't I do it? Right. Why didn't I keep going? Was I progressing then? Was, the, was the, the thing that caused me not to stay in it? Uh, what was that? You know, for example, for most of us, if we're studying a foreign language, let's say, and we stop, it's because we don't feel like we're making the progress that we wanted to make. Right. Right. Uh, or we're not uh, we're, we're not surrounded by other people that are speaking that language. So the thing is that why was I discouraged in the first place? What happened that caused me to be discouraged and what caused me to stop? And uh, in Paul's instance, uh, his thing was he felt like he was making no progress. So he stopped. But the Lord said, you're making a lot of progress. You just don't see the progress because you're looking for it in the wrong place. Right. You know, it, it, it also makes me thinking about makes me think about too how you how you can pray for something you pray for it on Monday mm -hmm. and you know Tuesday you wake up you, you look with one eye and say did it happen yet you know mm -hmm. it didn't happen and then you can this can go on for a while and mm -hmm. then and then some people get so discouraged it's like you know what pastor I, you know I went to church for so much church straight mm -hmm. six months my situation really ain't changed. Mm -hmm. So they just say, you know what? You know, I tried it. I gave it, a, you know, a faithful try. I'm, you know, I'm done. You know, I'm not saying I don't believe in the Lord, but right. I don't need to do X, Y, and Z because it's not really helping me. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's happened to some people out there, whether at any point of they walk in their faith, like, why is this not coming to fruition for me? Mm -hmm. Or people that they saw a great amount of change in their life in the beginning and then they, they plateaued. Right. You know, yeah. what what words of encouragement do you have to people that have hit that similar plateau or mm -hmm. or just like they just you know, I don't I'm not really getting anything out of this. Yeah, well, you know that's that's a that's a difficult question to analyze and I'm gonna tell you why. <sighs> Plateau doesn't come because I am not making the effort. I plateau because I got to a point where because I was improving, I stopped making the effort. You know, in, in other words, let's say that I have to walk from here to, to um, Virginia Beach, from Chesapeake to Virginia Beach 
which is approximately maybe 30, 37 miles, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if I keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm going to get to Virginia Beach right. if I just keep doing it. But what if I get halfway, I get to Norfolk, and what I wanted in Virginia Beach, I find in Norfolk. Mm. Then chances are I will stop walking to Virginia Beach. And someone may say that I plateaued. The reality is I stopped walking. So I'm just saying to me, if a person plateaus, it is not because what they are doing is no longer fruitful. It's because they stopped the intensity of what they were doing. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes that's what we do Mm -hmm. because once we see ourselves progressing, you know, we then we, we, we stop putting the same amount of fight into it, you know. Um, exercise, you know, is a prime example, you know, with, with many people, you know. You start out exercising and, you know, you're gun-ho with it and things are going well and your eating habits are going well and, and, and you know, you can find, you, you'll see yourself, you know, making progress. But then once you make the progress, Then what happens is eating habits start to go back. Mm -hmm. Exercise, you know, starts to go back to where it was because I made the progress. And what happens then when that happens, you know, we go back to where we were. And so then people are like, well, what was the need? Because as soon as I stopped, I went right back to where I was. Well, the problem wasn't that you didn't make progress. The problem is you stopped the forward momentum that you had. So the thing about momentum in any aspect of life is, you you know, if you stop the motion, you die. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's really what it's amount right. to. If you stop the motion, you you die. Uh, and so, anytime a person is not moving toward a goal, is really because they have stopped the motion. You know, that's, right. You know, I always tell people um, the story. I. When I was in Texas and I lived on this, um, I had a big pond in the backyard and I saw this turtle and boy, this turtle was moving slow. Mm-hmm. And then we had a, there was like a little trail around the thing. And I walked around this and I kept looking at that turtle. The turtle was barely moving. Mm-hmm. You know how you walk in and you kind of just zone out for a little bit. I zoned out. It couldn't have been 10 minutes, you know, daydreaming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now I go look for that turtle, turtle gone. Mm-hmm. But see, the turtle's moving slow, but he was still moving. That's right. Still moving. And it's amazing how you can get people who are real fast to something mm-hmm. and, and moving real fast, but they sit down mm-hmm. because they're tired. Right. But then what happens is you sit down and take that break mm-hmm. and then you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody tell you if you if you're cleaning up on Saturday morning. You know, you wake up Saturday to clean the house, and if you ever sit down in that chair, it, it, right. it, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's like you it's hard to get back going again. So, I find that you know extremely um, beneficial when I'm coaching people. It's like just progress just a little bit. You, you got to keep moving. You're right. It, it, you know, um, here's as you already know, it's harder to put an object into motion than it is to keep an object in motion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's just physics, right? right. And so that's the, that's the dynamic. When people are, you know, trying to move forward in life, you know, it's hard to get started the first time. But So when they stop, 
it's harder for them to get started the second time, so they just don't push anymore. Whereas they had kept moving at a slower pace, or rather than stopping altogether, just slow down, because then you can still get back going. You know, I, again, I'll take the foreign language, you know, one for an example. Let's say that, you know, I say to myself, well, you know, I'm not progressing, I'm tired of trying to learn this, this foreign language. Well, all I have to do is just say, well, wait a minute, hmm, let me learn one new word every day. Right. As opposed to me opening up a book and trying to read the whole chapter, mm -hmm. let me learn one new word a day. Now, if I learn one new word a day, I'm still progressing. And at the end of the year, I have 365 words that I've just learned. Right. And if I learn one new word a day, those words are going to stick with me. Because the words I'm going to learn are not the words that will not give me re, uh, a return on investment. You know, for example, if I'm trying to learn a foreign language, rather than worry about what the book has to say, why don't I learn words that, that I will use every day, mm -hmm. right? right? Like, what does door laporte? What does door mean? You know, casa, what does that mean? House, you know, uh, car. See, mm -hmm. those are things I'm going to use every day. Right. So that way, when I wake up in the morning, I can, oh, yeah, I can repeat those words. You know, bathroom, I can, you know, baño. I can say those words and equate them to my everyday life every day so it'll stay with me. Right. And if I just learn one new one every day, you'd be amazed at, you know, because when you think about a foreign language, Really what you're trying to talk to people are those things that are common to you. Right. You, you know, and the things that are common to you are the things you deal with every day. And I think that's a part of it. You know, is that anytime you set any goal, you want to tie that goal to things that you can do every day. Things that a part of your daily life will make you, you know, make, make you repeat them. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you, as you pointed out before, you know, if I have a goal that it, this, this, that will help me be a better individual, as soon as you say you want to be better, you can believe that there are going to be several enemies that's going to try to keep you from being better. Right. You know. Right. Uh, and, and so, um, for for me personally, um, I've never had to struggle with that because for me personally. I've never thought that I wouldn't face opposition. And since I never thought I wouldn't face opposition, when opposition came, for me, it told me, hey, you know what? I must be on the right track. So I need to just try, keep right. on pushing. That's a very, that's a very good point. Um, so how you, so are you saying how you look at things is if you see obstacles kind of there, that is the right way to go? Uh, like you're heading in the right direction if you see like obvious obstacles there. Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, and uh, you know I tell when I was in when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I had a, 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 a English teacher that used to put limericks around the around the classroom and and. Uh, and um, for some reason, one of them stuck with me. I don't know why, but it just did. Mm -hmm. And and what it what it said was this: T T T, put up in a place where it's easy to see the cryptic admonishment T T T, and then when you so slowly and depressingly climb, it's nice to remember that things take time, and that has always stuck with me since sophomore in high school. Right. 
And, and so that concept has always been in my mind that if I can get it done easily, it probably isn't worth doing anyway. <laughs> because anything that I can do easy, anybody can do easy. Right. You know, and so what's that, what's, what's, what's that to accomplish? So I'm expecting it to be hard. And if it's not hard, then my thought process is, why am I doing it? Right. You know, because it's not a challenge. You know, it's just it's just not a challenge. You know, you know, for example, um, as you know, I have a decent sized yard, backyard, mm-hmm. right? Now I have a ride lawnmower, but I don't. I rarely use it. I push. The, I push and cut my grass. Which, matter of fact, I push and cut my grass before I came over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now. People look at me and say, that fool crazy. Yes. It's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> I will be saying why, that to him. <laughs> why won't he just get on the riding lawnmower? Right. Well, because that's the easy way to do it. Right? And so for me, if, you know, I set a goal of where my, you know, what, what my stamina is going to be, what my weight is going to be, what my blood pressure is going to be. So again, I do things that are part of my everyday life. Right. So it's easier for me to say, let me push this lawnmower than to always say, I'm gonna run three miles or I'm gonna run four miles. Because gotcha. I gotta cut the grass. The grass right. gotta be cut. Right. So now if I do that today, guess what? I know, I see I done burned 400 calories. Right. You know, just pushing my lawnmower and now I don't have to run. Right. Because I've done what I was gonna do. I got something done, grass looks nice, and I got my exercise in for the day. So that's what I'm saying. If we do those kind of things, when you're, when you're setting goals, Set your goal up so the things that are part of the natural way you do business will help you obtain the goal, and then you won't stop because those are the things you're gonna keep doing every day. Right. So you gotta cut this grass every week, sometimes twice a week if it rains a lot, you right. know. And so that's a constant that I'm gonna be doing until, you know, uh, the, the grass growing season ends, which is gonna be in November sometime. So let me recap here. So your um, advice or suggestions is make sure that you line or link your goals up with something that you got to, that you're going to do mm-hmm. anyway. Right. And then that makes sure that makes sure that your goal is going to be met when you link it to something that you're, that you have to get done. Right. Right. It, 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 because it's just easier because you got to, you, you have to do it anyway. Right. And you might not like doing it, but you have to do it, and so once you tie them together, then you'll see the progress. And right. once you see the progress, it's more, it, it adds that incentive for you to not stop doing it. Right. Because you see the progress. Yeah. You know. So, I, you know, um, one thing that I have also noticed, too, um, and I tell people, you got to be present in the moment mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're doing things, when you're trying to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. You can't zone out because when you zone out, then it becomes like mundane. And he's like, because you're thinking about something else while you're doing what you what you're trying to get accomplished. But when you're present, you feel the journey mm-hmm. from where you're at now to where you're going. And you, you can feel the process within yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I always say, too, that you also that when you feel that process, you can kind of feel the Lord with you sure. when you're present mm-hmm. in the moment. To give a, a good example, like this morning, I'm starting this new little routine called uh, a morning miracles. So I got up at 4:30, mm-hmm. and I go outside to go walk. I said, "Okay, I'm, a, I'm going to be present 
while I'm walking. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be present with the trees, nature, and everything. Mm-hmm. And what was funny about the whole scenario was when I was walking, I said, man, I know this has got to be 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was only nine minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like time just slowed down mm-hmm. when I became present mm-hmm. in the moment. So it made me think about, you know, what's funny is that people always say, I don't have enough time to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It's because you're thinking about either the future right. or the past right. and not thinking about Where you right are now. now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I'll tell you something else, too. I think, you know, about when you talk about goals and feeling like, well, why am I not meeting the goal? I, I think also it's because people tend to set the end goal as their only goal, right? as opposed to having intermediary goals along the way. And so one thing that will cause a person to kind of like lose that, that zeal to keep going is because they haven't reached the end goal. Right. You know, but if you set intermediate goals, then you'll see your progress. So, you know, again, if I use the, you know, the, the learning a foreign language, if my goal is to become fluent in the language, then I'm going to be a little disgruntled in six months because I'm not going to be fluent in the language. Right. But if my goal is to, you know, know how to conjugate, you know, irregular verbs, you know, right. in two months, then, I, then once I do that, wow, you know, I can conjugate irregular verbs in, in this language. Or if my goal is to, you know, be able to count to a million. Or if my goal is to know the alphabet. And see, if I keep doing small incremental goals, mm-hmm. and every time I meet one of those goals, I'm going to feel some joy because I've gotten there. And, and, and if you, again, if, if when you look at, you know, the way God laid things out for, for the patriarchs in the Bible, even though he told them the end state, even though they understood the end state, I think Moses is a classic example. I mean, the end state was to get to the promised land, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Unless you get there, you haven't reached the goal. But each step along the way was reaching a minor goal, mm-hmm. you know. And so God would also tell him to go to this location, to go to that location and to do this and do that. And so they had those intermediary goals along the way, which kept, even though some of the other individuals was, were becoming disgruntled, Moses kept pushing because God was giving him intermediate goals. Right. And once he met that goal, it gave him the assurance that God is with me right. because he allowed me to meet this goal. Now, I'm... Um I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this morning I had read um, Deuteronomy where God told him to do certain things mm-hmm. <laughs> like clockwork. I'll, you know, there's some thick-headed people in there that would not do what he said to do. Yeah. And then when well, you got punished, you're not able to go to your, your promised land. Mm-hmm. Or he said, look, go, I forget what uh, these people said. These people, this their land, you just go there, you get water, you get your food, and you pay for it, mm-hmm. but just, you're passing through. Right. And of course, the people was tired of walking, so some of them tried to stay and now this is not where you're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting how the same thing that happened, you know, thousands of years ago, we go through the same stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, just not listening to what he is telling us to do. Right. You know, or we get to the point how we were saying, you you know, maybe we were supposed to go to Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. but I saw what I was looking for in Norfolk. 
Mm-hmm. And we sit down to, to do what we're going to do in Norfolk, but he's like, this ain't where I want you to be at because mm-hmm. your real blessing was in Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach right. uh-huh. where it was much bigger. Mm-hmm. But you say, you know, I'm I'm okay with this. But he's like, no, I, I had something bigger, better for mm-hmm. you. How often do you think that happens to people where they pass inadvertently on their real big blessing to settle for something that was small and shiny on the ground? I think about 90% of the time. <laughs> you know, I really think that most people get complacent without obtaining, you know, um, the goals that God has, you know, the ultimate goal that God has placed on their life. I think most people do because most people feel uncomfortable being challenged by obstacles. Hmm. You know, and, and so for that reason, once they get to a certain place, then you get comfortable there. And it's like, well, why face another obstacle? You know, why face, you know, why go through it? Why go through it? Why go through it? Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, the old saying, you know, no pain, no gain, you know, and, and, the, and the more you go through, the better you enjoy it, you know, it, it, when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like the journey. Some people like the destination. I think that's the thing. You know, if you're the kind of person that like the journey, then you will get to the end. If you're the kind of person that likes the destination, you rarely get to where you're going. Because as soon as you get somewhere you like, you stop. Right. But if you like the journey, you never stop moving because that process is what, thr- what motivates you and, you and you keep going. And again, I think that's what happened with them. See, for Moses, he understood that, hey, listen, the promised land, that's the goal. That is the goal. And so even though there's an obstacle, even though there are people over there, even though we may perceive that there are giants in the land, that's the goal. And so every time God allowed him to accomplish a minor goal, it kind of built up the confidence to say, well, I know God will make a way for us. And I think that's the attitude that people have to have to have is say, wait a minute, if God is telling me to, to go a million miles and I have to ask myself, well, let me chop it up into, you know, thousand mile increments. Right. And every time I make that first thousand, no matter how hard it was, if I if I know that normally I couldn't have gotten there and if I am there now, it must be because God blessed me. I don't care how hard it was. At least I'm there. If I had to climb Mount Everest to get the thousand miles, well, could I have climbed Mount Everest on my own? If the answer is no, I know God blessed me to get there. Mm -hmm. And so if God blessed me to get to the first one, he'll bless me to get to the second one. He'll bless me to get to the third one. And if I keep on stepping out, I can get to the million miles because he's going to put me there. But if I don't set up those smaller goals along the way, I'm going to get discouraged because my mind is going to keep saying, wow, I got 900,000 miles to go. Right. I got 800,000 <laughs> miles to go. Right. You know? and, th- and that's what happened with some of the, 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 um, the Israelites is that they became disgruntled because they felt like we should have it right now. And th- I, let me just say that, you know, just spend about two minutes on that. That's the other thing is that just because I have a goal don't mean I'm ready for it. Mm. It, you know, it just doesn't. Right. The 16-year-old may want a brand new BMW, but that don't mean they're ready for it, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So sometimes God, um, we will ask them for something and he will delay it or he will cause us to go through things to get it so we can appreciate it when we get it, 
Mm-hmm. And, and so we will know how to take care of it when we get it. Because just because I'm asking him for it don't mean I can handle it when I get it. Right. That's a very good point. And then also the times when you failed on your goal is also mm-hmm. the lessons that you got to learn in order mm-hmm. for when you do get it, mm-hmm. you'll understand, okay, I got it this time. I know how to get it again. Right. So if I if I mess up, I say, okay, I messed up. I know how to get back because I know mm-hmm. I, what steps need to take. And I, I've analyzed it. And also it builds character. Absolutely. I, I think that's an important thing to consider, um, you know, is that me personally, I have never failed. Now, I know there are people that will say, how can he say that? Failure is determined by how you view your life, not by what you went through. Mm. Okay. Right. Now, here's what I'm saying. Um, when I was, um, I guess, 19 years old, I got fired from a job. Okay. I worked for the city of Chesapeake. I got fired from a job. Now, some people may say he failed. I don't. Because I learned, right? <laughs> you know, see, to me, just because I go through a negative, just because I don't accomplish something, doesn't mean I failed at it. All it meant is I learned something. See, if if I'm learning from it, I'm not failing. Right. Even if I get an F in a class, and I have done that actually, uh, not an F, but I remember uh, getting a D in calculus, not because I couldn't do do it, but just because I was lazy. So I got a D in calculus uh, the first time I took it. And some of you might say, well, that was a failure. No, it wasn't. I learned something. You know what I learned? Pay attention next time. Right. You know, don't think <laughs> you can go in there and nod through this class. <laughs> go right. in there and pay attention. And I got to aid it next time. So I didn't see the D as a failure. I saw the D as a, a learning experience. And that's how I view every, everything that happens in my life is that it's a learning experience. And so that, that's why I'm saying failure is a state of mind. Failure is not what you do. Failure is how you view what you do and what you go through. And if you view everything and you learn from it, then it wasn't a failure. It was just that something you learned from. I mean, that's what Albert Einstein said. Genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. Right. His point was you learn more from fail. You learn more from, from not succeeding than you learn from succeeding. Right. Because if you succeed, you all, oftentimes you don't know why you succeeded. Right. You're absolutely right. All you know is it worked out. It worked. But you don't necessarily know why it worked out. But when you when you don't succeed, you can go back and analyze and pinpoint why you didn't succeed. And that then gives you something that you can concretely put your hands on and you learn from it. So therefore, you you know, you you know, you you made it. It's kind of like education. I guess I would say it that way. Everything you do really should be an education. And so whether you succeed or not, if you learn from it, you didn't fail. Right. You know, one thing that's interesting is when I go to um, speak at schools and I talk about certain things on what people, you know, what you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. In high school, the kids are already put limits on themselves, Mm -hmm. which is is really disheartening. Because, you know, you know, when you get older, you be like, boy, I wish I could just go back and just do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Because now you realize I can do a whole lot. You know, you know, that notion that oh, you could be anything you want to be. It's like mm-hmm. they tell that to elementary school kids. Mm-hmm. But some down the road, I guess around middle school, they stop telling kids that. Mm-hmm. And you so, you, you know, they start thinking about failure all the time. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in their face. They're dejected or 
my, you know, my parents are not well off. We still live in the projects, you know, it's, you know, drug deals going down in my neighborhood. You know, you know what, bruh, you know, I'd be happy if I see the age of 25. It's like, why are you even speaking that into an existence mm-hmm. when it, that is not necessarily have to be true? Well, I, I think it's like what you said earlier, is that people oftentimes give up halfway through the fight. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the young man that at age seven had dreams of being a professional football player, you know, when he got in junior high school or I guess middle school now, when he got in middle school or got in high school, if he, if most of the time, the reason why he gave up is not because he wasn't necessarily good, it's because he didn't want to go to the practices. Right. You know, he, he didn't want to stick to it. And, and even if I'm not the professional football player, caliber, the bottom line is this, when do I know I'm not at that level? I don't know in high school I'm not at that level. Right. Michael Jordan in high school wasn't <laughs> what Michael Jordan was That's right. in college and the pros. <laughs> you know, so wh- when do I know I'm not at that level? See, I don't. If I give up, I never get to that level. Right. And 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 oftentimes and even when you look at, you know, granted, you know, there's a certain amount of skill one must have, but intelligence plays, uh, um, you know, a lot in, in, in many aspects of sports. You know, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, for example, I, play, I, I was a three-sport athlete. I played football, I ran track, and I played baseball. Okay, now let me tell you, I'm not, I wasn't the greatest athlete. There's no doubt in my mind I was not the greatest athlete. But I was smarter than most of the guys. All right. And so I started not because I was the fastest. I started not because I was, you know, the greatest anything. It's because I was smart. You know, I pitched, for example, I pitched and played third base. Let me tell you something. I was sorry as I could be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I was sorry. Right. Well, I mean, I made the team, so, I, you know, right. it's okay. But here's my point. The gentleman that was ahead of me at third base was better than me. He was much better than me. He was a better fielder. He was a better hitter. Okay. But here's what I figured out. The coach likes offense. That's what I figured out. That particular coach liked offense. So I said, you know what? Let me master stealing bases. Mm. I'm going to master. And I did. I mastered stealing bases. And so I ended up being in the lineup starting. Not because I was the best outfielder, right. but you know what the coach logic was? I got a good shortstop. If he ain't that great at third, <laughs> I got a good shortstop. Right. He can help him out. So my point is that oftentimes when people are giving up, oftentimes when people are not, you know, like especially the students, it is because they're, the way they set their goals are to the end and not, you know, they don't segment them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't segment them, you give up quick. So, you know, if, if, you're, if my goal is to, to, to be a doctor, right, I must understand that what's, you know, what I need to do. I need, I need to just get, let me get a, a, a A in this, in this class. Mm-hmm. Let me get an A in this class. Right. And, and so I ought to set goals like that, not, well, I know my parents can't afford me to go to college. Right. Because you don't know that. And then they already then set themselves up for failure because they're saying, well, my parents can't afford me to go to college anyway, right. so I'm not even going to try to be a doctor. 
Right. See, and, and but if 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 the goal is set incrementally, you know, I, I need to get this grade in this class, and then once you get the grade, now you you're still on your way. You're still on your way. And so they set incremental goals. You know, it it, it changes the whole dynamic. Right. Then the real interesting thing is, even with like academic scholarships, you can't wake up your junior year and say, "Hey, I want to get an academic scholarship." Mm-hmm. Because now I want to, you know, I want to be a doctor. So no, right. you, that decision had to be made eighth grade, you know, where you're getting things mm-hmm. set up. Your ninth grade year, foundation, right? Yeah. Your foundation is set, and then you got good grades, and you get a good GPA. Then you put stuff in for mm-hmm. your for your scholarship, and you got it. Then the school starts promoting you mm-hmm. to get scholarship because now they start looking good, right? But you can't wake up your junior. And I tell tell kids this, even the athletic scholars, you can't wake up your junior year and say I want to play. Um, College, you know, Division One college football. It don't work that way. You had to already have had. Very few people can do that. And those are right. you know your like your Cam Newtons of the world that mm-hmm. are just superb athletes are able to do certain things like that. You know, mm-hmm. like like you even like LeBron James, people on that level. But but, but he at, didn't, but he didn't start in high school. Even LeBron was playing basketball for a while. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So but um, but what but I'm I get what you're saying though. Right. Yeah. So. People, you can't just wake up in this and 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 decide the junior year that you want to be a superb athlete and then expect mm-hmm. to even make it to the NFL. But one good thing or the NBA, but one thing about it is, is this: if you take the mindset of the turtle mm-hmm. and you say, "Okay," and which I like, I like hearing the story of Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. like he was. Ray did not a great person when he was getting recruited for the NBA. You know, the draft, they always put the little scouting report up on him. And he's a three-time NBA champion and I believe a two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. And nobody really wanted to draft a guy. Right. But he got better every year. Mm-hmm. Got better every day. He kept shooting the jump shot, kept working on his weaknesses, and then start working more on his strengths. Those are things that people as a, as a whole need to look at themselves and say, hey, I may not be the best today, mm-hmm. but I see the guy that thinks he's the best, but he stopped working. He stopped mm-hmm. off in Norfolk because he was looking at everything sure. and he plateaued. But if I keep moving, and keep, I'm going to catch him. But if I keep moving, I'll, mm-hmm. not only will I catch him, I will surpass him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'll tell you. And again. I take that back to saying the incremental thing because the way you can do that is if you can see yourself gradual, 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 gradual. You know, like you say, that slow, that, that turtle pace keeps going. And I'll give you a practical example of what you're just saying, okay? Uh, when I went to a doctor several years back and the doctor said to me, um, blood pressure high, cholesterol high, everything out of whack, right? And so go, go see a sleep therapist and all this kind of thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the, at the neurologist's office, and one of the, um, uh, the phy- um, uh, physician assistant came in, and he said to me, you know what your problem is? And I said, well, no, that's why I'm here. <laughs> he said, you need to lose some weight. Now, in my mind, I didn't think I needed to lose some weight. He said, that's your problem, you need to lose some weight. And I said, hmm, okay. Now, at the time, I weighed about 195. Okay, as heavy as I've ever been in my life. And, and granted, for my frame, that is a lot. Okay, I, at that time I wasn't thinking that way though, 195. So, um, 
my primary care physician said, nah, that ain't it. No, you good like you are. Um, I, I, I think you got sleep apnea and da da da, this kind of right. thing. Anyway, I just said to myself, you know what? What if that guy's right? What if he's right? So here's what I did. And, and, and I, I went against everything that they tell you to do to lose weight. Everything you do. I should say everything, but a lot of things. I weighed myself in the morning and I weighed myself at night. Every day, in the morning and at night. In the morning and at night. In the morning and at night. Now, the reason why I did it that way is because I wanted immediate gratification. Right. Immediate gratification. So, first day, nothing. Nothing happened. I was happy as I could be. Because right. I didn't gain anything. <laughs> right. I didn't gain it. Right. But I said, well, I didn't gain. So I must be on the right track. Because here's how I thought to myself. I know I've been gaining because I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Right. So I had to have been gaining all that time. So for me to stop gaining, I said, well, well I stopped gaining weight. So positive. Next day, I was one pound less. I said, wow, this ain't bad. The next day, nothing. It was still even. But my happy thought was, you know what? I haven't reversed the trend. Now, a couple of days later, I reversed the trend and gained weight, but I got immediate feedback. So you know what they told me? You made a mistake. Right. Don't do it. reason why I say it that way is if I hadn't had that immediate feedback and gone a week, I would have put on everything I took off. Then I'd have been so discouraged, I would have said, forget it. Right. But because I got that immediate feedback, I made an immediate adjustment. And you know what? I haven't stopped doing it since then. Since that time, I took off, what, 30 pounds? And I haven't changed that same thing. I do it every day now because I can make an immediate adjustment, you know. Right. And I'm saying that worked for me for that. But it's not just that. It's everything that I do where I set a goal, I make sure I can get immediate feedback. Because if you can get immediate feedback, it keeps you moving. If right. the feedback is too far down the road, you'll get discouraged because you've gone too far before you saw, uh, you know, either progress or reversal, that kind of thing. It's similar to like what they say about like flight plans. Mm-hmm. Like you have a plan, but then you're going to get, you know, wind and everything veers you off and you immediately got to correct it. So right. you get immediate feedback. OK, come on back. And then you're Absolutely. going straight. That's just, you're right. That's what they teach you when you get your pilot's license. Yeah. Is that small correction sooner prevent large mistakes later. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I, which so that the, the weight loss um, uh, suggests I'm going to utilize that immediately because that's a very good point because if you weigh in the morning and you go eat a box of chicken and you weigh at night and you say, well, I didn't gain four pounds. Four boxes like some mate. Right. I got to make some adjustments. But, but it also tells you something too though. It tells you that you didn't gain weight. Right. That's the other beauty of it. If I, if I weigh, let's say, you know, 180 at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I weigh 185 at 9 o'clock at night, I didn't gain weight. I got food in my stomach. Right. So that's what that tells me. I got five pounds of food in my stomach. Right. You know, that's what it really tells me. Now, if I wake up the next morning, you know, or, you know, and I still weigh 185, now I know what, you know what? I whatever I did, I didn't do something right, right. you know. Right. And so I'm making that adjustment. But also the adjustment I make too is I also I know how much calories because I know my body now, so I know how 
I know how to equate cal caloric burn with a reduction in weight. You right. know, I know how to do that now for me. So I also can take that and say, well, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. And I know based on that <laughs> meal, I'm going to probably gain six pounds on that meal. I mean, I'm right. really not gaining six pounds right. because, right. you know, it ain't going to stay in me forever, right? right? But I also will know what kind of calories I need to burn before I eat the meal. Right. You know, so that's why I'm just saying that, that there's nothing like that immediate feedback for everything you do. I mean, we know it. I guess kind of intuitively that you want immediate feedback, but we don't always apply it to when we set them goals for life. Right. You know, you go outside, first thing you do is look up. Oh, it's gonna rain. So that's immediate feedback. You come back inside and get an umbrella. Right. You know, you don't wanna wait till you know the rain falls to, to realize it was going to rain. So we, we check the weather report before we go somewhere. Because mm -hmm. we want immediate feedback so we can make adjustments like you said right then and be prepared. And that's the, really to me is, is a huge part of ensuring that you don't get off track. And you stay focused and you keep your goals where you want them to be and keep moving forward. All right. Well, we have come to our end of this uh, podcast. Is there anything you would like to mention before we close out? No, um, just uh, I'm just uh, grateful to have. I think we've been doing this for for a little bit now, and I think it's been wonderful. And I'm just uh, I feel blessed that we're still on this, still giving out good advice to folks, and uh, just stay every day strong. That's all I got to say. So this is episode 59. Yeah. So we're coming up on 60. Um, we will not have one next week because we'll be out of town, and um, so thank y'all for listening. This is your host CB Baker. Till next time.